Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning. My heart is racing. <laughs> I am, um, like Pastor Marvin said, I started here as an infant 19 years ago. <laughs> Not really. My husband and I have been married 24 years. Um, love my husband to pieces. We've, we've had a great marriage, continue to have a great marriage. Uh, I love our church. Uh, Miss Patty started uh, last week ministering to everybody, and she did an amazing job. She kicked it off as the, as the uh, mother of Church on the Move. She kicked it off for us doing an amazing job, um, and I just love her to pieces. I think everybody here at Church on the Move loves our pastor's wife. Um, I come from a family of um, my immediate family, my dad, um, I'll start before that. Like my grandfather was an evangelist. He started, or he ministered around the world, tent revivals. He went to Africa and different places like that. I didn't know a couple of my grandmothers because they passed before I was born. But um, they, they, I heard that they were great ministers as well. They loved, they loved people and they loved to share the gospel. Um, I am normally, I guess, I guess you could say, I don't know if by nature is the right word, a quiet person, very private. I don't really tell everybody a lot of my business, and, and I'm okay with that, <laughs> and I think I get that from my dad. My dad's a very quiet man, um, but when my dad speaks, you really want to listen, because when he does speak, it means it, it has great meaning behind it, and this morning, I want to share my great passion with everybody here. I'm going to be talking a lot to the women this morning. Women of Grace is what we've titled this series. So I'm going to be talking a lot to the women this morning, but it does not only pertain to women. Men, you can apply this to your lives as well. Um, we're going to start. I'm going to, I feel like I have a lot to say, so I'm going to go ahead and kind of kick in. This morning we're going to talk about a woman being submitted to the righteousness of God. And when, this is, when I determined or when I found out that this is what I was going to be speaking on, I thought, my goodness, I really need to dig deep because the word righteousness, I feel, is such a heavy it's such a heavy word. It has so much meaning to it, and not everybody knows the depth of the word righteousness and everything that it really means. I'm going to go ahead and start with our foundation scripture. It's in Romans 10, 1 through 4. It says, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, for they being ignorant to God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. What is righteousness? You always hear what is righteousness. It's being in right standing with God, aligning yourselves with what the word of God says. Okay, so what else does that mean? I found some other descriptive words to kind of break it down a little bit better uh, for me to understand a little bit better. So I'm going to give you some of those. Um, decency, courteous, honest, good manners, upright, give and take, mercy-minded, virtuous. You know, remember back to Proverbs 31, the virtuous woman. Are some of these kind of narrowing it down a little bit more? It's not so heavy as the word righteousness. It's kind of getting it down uh, to more of a personal level, ethical, pure, devout, and dependable. Okay, here's three more words that when I saw these, I thought, you've got to be kidding me. Because this is my heart right here. And this is what I want every single one of you to know, that this is what righteous... I want you to take this. 
Of course, righteousness means being in right standing with God and aligning ourselves in the Word of God. But these three words I want you to remember, women, as a matter uh, in particular. Nourishment. The word righteousness, in another word, is nourishment. We not only are nourished by Christ and in the Word of God, but we as righteous women nourish others. We provide nourishment to those around us. Nourishment. Get this next word. Matchless. Unable to be equaled and incomparable. I love the word matchless. Anybody that knows me, and we'll read it on down further, Psalm 139 is my favorite chapter in the Bible because it talks about us being matchless and unable to be equaled and confident. Confident, righteous woman. That is another word right there, is being confident. We can be confident in knowing that we have been made righteous through Jesus Christ. This morning, I'm going to do a few things. I'm going to tell you some personal stories like I kind of started out on. I'm going to tell you some stories of other women who I believe exuded great examples of righteousness, confidence, um, knew that they had a purpose. And if I have time, I'm going to show you something. So hopefully I have time. I'll rush. (laughs) Just so I have time. But first of all, men, I want to involve y'all. I'm going to get y'all involved here. Women, excuse me for a minute. Guys, I am going to tell y'all something (laughs) that every single woman wants to know. Oh, excuse me. Needs to know. I'm going to tell you something that every single woman needs to know. And if you agree with me after I say this, I need a big, hearty, manly amen. Okay? Can we practice that? Men? Amen. amen. That's right. Okay. (laughs) Every single woman in the world needs, not once, needs to know, Sheila, the who, what, when, where, why, and how. Every single one, if you've experienced the woman in your life needing to know the every single who, what, when, where, why, and how, men, (laughs) I may not, I may not be involved in a task or putting a task together, but if you get me involved, I'm going to find out the who, what, when, where, why, and how. (laughs) And that's one of the things that we're going to kind of come to a conclusion of this morning. I am not a theologian, not a Bible scholar at all. I went to Bible college for two years. That does not make me a Bible scholar at all. I mean, I'm, as far as scriptures and references, Bobby, <laughs> where do you find this? Or the concordance or something, the, the index or something. But I'm going to be very basic this morning. I'm just going to be very, very basic. I love how our, the theology of our church is the God good and devil bad. That's as simple as I'm going to be this morning. God good and devil bad. So when we discuss the who, what do you think I'm going to say? The who is you. The who is each and every one of us. The what is whatever we put our hands to, whatever our purpose is, whatever we can set our hands to, whatever God has called us to do. The when is now. There's no better time than the present. The where is here. Why not start at Church on the Move? Why not start in Tyler, Texas? Why not start in our own families? The why, why not? Why not? What excuse do we have? What excuse do we have? And the how, what, as, church, as a church on the move, body and family, as the how, what in the world do you think I'm going to say? With the help of God and others. How is with the help of God and others. That's how we're going to just complete the body and get involved. 
And with anything, women, listen, seriously, with anything and everything I say this morning, I am not trying to negate or diminish any attacks that you've had on your life because I have been there, done that. If you don't know my personal story, you can, I'm not going to go into a lot of all that, but if you don't know my personal story, you can come to me after and I will tell you. I'm not afraid to tell you. I'm not scared or anything like that. But I have been there, done that. But what I am trying to accomplish this morning and communicate with you is to help you realize that all of that is in your past. And I'm trying to prepare you for your future. And let's make a decision this morning to declare the promise of our future instead of rehearsing uh, the hurts of our past. As we walk out of this place this morning, let's speak hope, let's speak healing, and let's speak life. As the definition says, let's speak nourishment, matchless, and confidence. Let's go out knowing that this morning. There's one woman who I believe that everybody will recognize, who I think had a great confidence, and she had a great purpose, and she was extremely valuable to others. Does anybody know this lady right here? Mother Teresa. She not only reached children, she not only reached women, but she reached men's lives as well. She reached hundreds and thousands of people, and we're still talking about her today. She was a wonderful woman. She knew that she had a purpose, and she was here to fulfill that purpose. When I think of an outward expression of confidence, I think of holding your head up high. Anybody get that picture? An outward expression of confidence, just kind of putting yourself together and holding your head up high. Like it says in Psalm 3.3, it says, But you, O Lord, are a shield around me. You are my glory, and you are the one that lifts my head. Our Father is the one, He is the lifter of our heads. He's the one that gives us confidence. And He's the one that makes us matchless. And He is the one that has made us righteous. For us to have this great and righteous confidence that comes from a deep abiding presence, uh, deep abiding assurance in the presence of God, we must first seek God. We must seek God first, understand who He is, and then understand who we are in Him. An unwavering, righteous confidence only comes when we have a true assurance of the one in whom we're putting our trust in. And the only way we can be sure of that is by seeking God first and knowing what he has to say about us. Sometimes if we don't know someone very well, and you'll probably uh, agree with me here, sometimes if we don't know somebody very well, it is hard to have a full confidence in them. It's hard for me to go out in the street and find somebody I don't even know and have a full confidence in them and just, just share my whole entire life and, and confide in them and, and trust them that they will keep it uh, only with them. But with God, the first thing I want you to know is that our Father is a giver. I want you to know He is the one that gave Christ for each and every one of us so that we could be righteous, so that we could be made righteous, so that we could be in right standing so that we could be confident, so that we could have that matchless beauty. I didn't put this scripture up there, but like I said, if you don't know anything else, know that our Father is a giver. I think everybody was taught this scripture as a child in John three sixteen. It says, For God so loved the world that He gave. For God so loved the world that He gave. So our Father is a very liberal giver. In, in uh, Psalm nine ten. I'm going to kind of rush through a couple of these scriptures real quick. I want to show you about seeking God and who God is. I want want you to have an understanding of who God is. 
Psalm 19, it says, Those who know your name and trust in you, for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. Never forsake us. He said he will never leave us and he will never forsake us. How many of us are going to doubt the word of God? I'm not going to lift my hand. I'm not going to doubt the word of God. In Isaiah 61.10, it says, I am overwhelmed. I love the word overwhelmed. I love the word matchless and I love the word overwhelmed. Just because it seems so... It seems like you're being covered up. I'm so overwhelmed. And when you think about the love of God, that's a wonderful thing. It says, I am overwhelmed with joy in the Lord my God, for he has dressed me in the clothing of salvation and draped me in the robe of righteousness. I am like the bridegroom dressed for his wedding or the bride for her jewels. In first or in Second Corinthians one twenty and twenty two, it says, "For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. They are all yes in Christ. So we can be confident because that's the word of God. That's not Vicky. That is the word of God. That is what God has to say. Not Vicky Nick. Not Pastor Marvin. That's the word of God. In Matthew six thirty three, Sheila. I don't know if I put this. Uh, I think I put uh, twenty five. Did we go before that? I want to read you some before that. It says, Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life. This is God, okay? This is what God does for us. It says, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. Do they not sow or reap or store in barns? Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Mm-mm. We've got to have confidence in our Father. We've got to know who our Father is. We've got to know who He is. In the uh, 33rd verse, it says, Seek God first and His kingdom and His righteousness, and all of these things will be given to you. All of those things. He will feed you. He will clothe you. He will take care of you. How much more valuable are we than the birds of the air and the fish of the sea? The grass. He waters the grass. How much more valuable are we? In Romans 1.17, it says, For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. We just read that. The righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the just will live, or the righteous will live by faith. Does anybody remember the second half of my first point? I said, seek God first, understand who He is, and then understand who we are. We've got to understand who He is before we can understand who we are. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry. <laughs> Ladies, we, and I've, I have just hammered on this, I felt like. We are matchless. I did not realize the true beauty and the true value of a woman, of myself, or any other woman until I was later in age. And that's sad. That's really sad. I want children as young as little Maya to start learning her beauty and her matchless confidence and her righteousness through Jesus Christ at an early age so that they can grow up and so that they can be teachers of other women and examples and leaders to other women, proving to them and showing to them that, women, you are confident. You are great. 
I read a story, I can't remember where I read it, how that women, over, women and children over in India are told that they're of no value. There's no, there's no, um, they're of no value. But then when a group of people go over there and they start sharing the love of Jesus Christ and they start revealing to these women who they truly are in Jesus Christ, you can see just the hope. It's like, it's like they said you could just see a light automatically start shining because they saw the hope. They thought, man, I have meaning. I am worth more than what people are telling me. And that's how we need to be. Over, even here in Tyler, Texas, if you don't feel you're of value, please listen to what I have to say this morning. Please hear what I have to say. And if you want to talk to me more about it, goodness gracious, I'll be happy to talk to you all day about how you are valued and what you mean to God. And to other people, how much value that your life is, not only to you, but to other people. Truthfully, ladies, there will be times. Oh, I forgot to read you my scripture. In Psalm 139, 14, I want to prove that point to you. Psalm 139, 14. It says, I praise you. I praise you, Lord. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. It doesn't say, and my soul knows very well. It says, and that my soul knows very well, that marvelous are your works, and that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not just made. I didn't just happen out of the dirt or wherever. I am fearfully and wonderfully made, but not in and of myself, not in and of myself, but in and of Jesus Christ, God our Father and the Holy Spirit, in and of them. Truthfully, women, there will be super amazing times in life. I'm not going to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. Because like I told you, I've been there, done that. not going to pull the wool over your eyes. There will be super amazing times in life where we stand upright, we stand with our hands on our hips. Anybody remember this lady? (laughs) No, that's not me. (laughs) Even though I have brown hair. (laughs) Um, There will be super amazing times where we can stand with our hands on our hips, confident, with our head held high, knowing full well who we are and who God has made us. But there will also be times when we're just laid across the ground. I wish I would have wore pants because we're just laid across the ground. I would lay out this morning. And we're just, we feel like we can't even be pulled another centimeter. We can't even be pulled another inch. We're like, oh, I can't get up. I can't do another thing. God, where are you? What are you trying to tell me? But you know where God is when I'm laying there on the ground? And I've, I've been there laying on the ground. You know where God is? He's right there. Vicki, get up. Come on. You're not alone. We can do this together. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. I'm with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You are my righteousness. I've made you righteous. You have matchless beauty. Get up. Go share it with other women. Don't be a hermit. <laughs> Don't be a hermit. <laughs> I've told people before, if I didn't know that I had been called for a purpose, I could very easily be a hermit. I can sit in my room, I can read a book, and I can be by myself. But I've been called for a great purpose, to minister to the women, to everybody, but to minister especially to women. I want to tell you a really short story. Short, short, short. Um, The other day, I had a couple of meetings I had to go to over at our, I work at a local bank, and I I had a couple of meetings I had to go to over at our main bank. One guy I'd never met before, and they're up in higher management. And uh, one guy I'd never met before, or I'd met him, but 
no personal discussions with him. And then another lady, I'd, I'd never met her. She didn't know who I was either. And I texted Bobby. I was, I was extremely nervous for some reason. And when I do my job, I know I do my job well, so I'm, I'm pretty confident that I, and, and I'm told at work that I do a good job. So. Um, but the other day, when I knew I had to go and meet with these people, I had one at 10.30 and then one at lunch, I texted my husband, and I said, Bobby, I'm very nervous. I need you to pray for me this morning. I just, I'm really nervous. And uh, I don't know why, Lynn. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I was really, really nervous. And on my way to my first meeting, he sends me a text. And he makes me start crying, but I'm like, oh, gosh, thanks a lot. <laughs> but I want to read it to you. I want to read it to you. It was so, so encouraging, so encouraging to me. It says, Victoria. That's my real name, Victoria. <laughs> it says, Victoria, it's meaning. <clears throat> Victorious. Everyone has been calling you Victorious your whole life. <laughs> I tried to read this story a hundred times to get over this. Even your enemies have been prophesying their own defeat when they call you Victoria. I don't need to tell you what our Father says, or do I? <laughs> it says, He would say, I am all He says I am. I am all He says I am. I am all He says I am, and He says I am His own. He says, Each one of us are His own. Not as a crowd, not as a group, but individually, we are called to be His own. And sometimes, we need the help of others to give us a good, swift kick in the booty. <laughs> to give us a good, swift kick. But ladies, we have got to be in the position to go and give somebody else a good, swift kick in the booty. <laughs> we've, got to go, we've got to position ourselves to be the person that lifts someone else up, to, to make someone else see that they are confident, that they are here to fulfill a great purpose. I think I'm going to skip one part, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you something else really quick. I don't have a whole lot more time, and I want to get to this last story. Uh, a little bit of show and tell time. I don't have a lot of hobbies. I'm telling you a lot about myself this morning. I don't have a lot of hobbies. Never have. I like to run, but I don't have a, I don't have a lot of like individual hobbies. This past Christmas, uh, I've always wanted to learn how to sew. And this past Christmas, I asked my husband for a sewing machine. I thought, oh, yeah. And when my husband gets something, not only for me, but for anybody, he goes above and beyond. So he not only gets me a sewing machine, but he gets me one that does embroidery work as well. Have I accomplished that? No. <laughs> have, I, have I tried the embroidery work? No. <laughs> not even tried it yet. But I want to show you, um, going through life, I don't remember, going through life, I don't remember my, um, my mom sewing much. I remember my, my mom's aunt sewing a whole lot. I didn't sew that. But <laughs> that would be pretty good. <laughs> but, um, but this is my first project. But I don't remember being taught. This is a quilt. I love quilts. Bobby, will you help me? Um, this is something that I've been working on. This is my first project on my sewing machine. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> pretty cool, huh? But my reason, my reason for saying that is I don't remember a whole lot 
being taught growing up how to sew or how to do like extra. I cook. My grandmother cooked and things like that. Sheila, will you throw that? Does anyone know this beautiful lady? I don't think anybody does. <laughs> my husband does. Our pastor does. This is my beautiful grandmother. My grandmother uh, went to be with Jesus in 2013. She lives with Jesus now, and I'm sure she's, um, I'm sure she's very proud of her entire family and everyone else. But even though this beautiful lady never taught me how to sew, she did teach me how to cook. She never taught me how to sew or anything like that. I'm going to read you 2 Timothy verses one, uh, chapter 1, really quick, like 3, 5, 6, 7, and 14, or pieces of 3, 5, 6, 7, and 14. It says, I thank God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. I am persuaded that now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God. For the Spirit of God does not make us timid, but it gives us power. It's the Spirit of God that, uh, that has given me power to be up here and share this morning. It is the Spirit of God that gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Even though my grandmother may not have taught me how to sew, my grandmother taught me the Word of God. And my, la my second and my last point is love, 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 and know the Word of God no matter your circumstance. No matter your circumstance. And don't forget, we are still talking about being submitted to the righteousness of God. I'm not off subject. We are still talking about being submitted to the righteousness of God. And even though, like I said, my grandma didn't teach me how to sew, she taught me how to love and know the Word of God beyond any circumstance. My grandmother loved people. She loved her children. She loved her grandchildren. Uh, but she not only loved us, she loved everybody. If you were naked, my grandmother had tons of garage sales so she had clothes to clothe you <laughs> if you were hungry my grandmother would feed you and if you were thirsty my grandmother would give you a drink i'm going to tell you a real um sweet story it it's not it's not sad by any means not sad by any means and i don't mean to jerk on any heartstrings or anything like that but this is a a true lived example in front of my eyes uh with my grandmother that god did for me when my grandmother was 90, uh, 94 years old, she fell and she broke her hip. Um, and so, of course, she goes into the hospital. And the, since the time that my grandmother went into the hospital and had the surgery done, um, she was just not herself. It was just not, it just didn't seem to be Grandma Tucker. Just didn't seem to be Grandma. Um, because she was in pain. I mean, and, and of course, things like that for a 94-year-old are, are pretty tragic. Um, but when she went to the hospital and had the surgery, since the sur from the time of surgery to the time of her passing and going to be with Jesus, she never opened her eyes. She was alert. She, she would try and talk and things like that, but she never opened her eyes. One day, I was sitting here in the front row, and I... I went, I went and saw my grandmother numerous times, so don't get me wrong when I say this. But one day when I was sitting here in the front row, I felt just compelled to go and see your grandma and read her this scripture. And so I thought, okay, 
I'll go see my grandma again, and I'll go read the scripture. Or this, this story. And uh, so I went up there, and she was laying there. And as my grandmother laid there, my grandmother was the most modest, sweetest grandma of, of all. She was just a true grandmother. And so she lay there. Uh, like I said, she wasn't herself. And so she lay there. She would just rip off her sheets and rip off her gown and, and things like that. And we would just cover her and, come on, Grandma, you need, to, you need to keep your gown on or whatever. So that day that I went up there, she had torn off her gown. And, and so I covered her up. I said, Grandma, it's Vicky." And so she was laying there. And I said, Grandma, it's Vicky." And so um, she, as she was laying there, she had her head turned this way. And I, had my, I put my Bible over here, and I put my head on the pillow beside her. I said, Grandma, I'm going to read you some stories in the Bible. My grandmother raised me on the Word of God. She always read me stories from the Word of God. So I told her, I said, I'm going to read you some scriptures, a story from the Word of God. I read my grandmother the story where the woman with the issue of blood found Jesus in the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and Jesus said, Woman, your faith has made you whole. Rise and, and go. I'm paraphrasing the story like Miss Patty did this morning. But going through, as she lay there, her head was turned this way. Remember, remember my point. Remember my point. Love and know the Word of God no matter your circumstance, okay? Remember that point, because I want to fix it to tell you. As she lay there with her eyes closed, she had settled down as I started reading her scriptures. She had, she had become settled. And I was reading to her, I said, Grandma, and Jesus said to the woman, your faith has made you whole, rise. And I said, and of course I was tearing up, and I said, Grandma, Jesus said, to the woman, your faith has made you whole. And she was just still laying there. And then the third time, I said, Grandma, Jesus said to the woman, your faith has made you whole. She turned her head this way, smiled, and nodded. She acknowledged that she was hearing the word of God, and she knew the word of God, no matter her circumstance. No matter your circumstance, love and know the Word of God beyond anything else. Women, you will never, ever know your true beauty. You're matchless. You're uncomparable. You're unequal. You are confident, and you will never know that unless you, love, unless you seek God first, understand who He is, understand who you are, and know and love the Word of God beyond anything else. Let's pray this morning. Father, we come to you this morning and we just thank you. Father, I thank you for...